When it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game. Introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right. Visit your nearest demo house today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash demo house. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast of the college variety. Along with Aaron Fitt, I am John Manuel. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us live from where you Where are you, Houston? I'm in Houston at the, uh, the Hyatt. Okay, that sounds good. Well, we are uh, going to talk a little college baseball in the top 25 on the podcast today, as we do every Monday here at BaseballAmerica.com. You can follow us, and we have close to 10,000 of you following on Twitter, uh, twitter.com backslash baseballamerica. Obviously, people are just dis- joining in the discussion on our Facebook page, and you can send questions to us at podcast at baseballamerica.com. We have an email that we'll uh, get to in today's show. But more than uh, as usual, we'll really go over the top 25, Aaron, that we just got out of the meeting and just decided on. And uh, no change at the top, and actually very few changes in the top 10, Aaron. But let's uh, focus on a few teams in the top 10. You had top-ranked Virginia lose a game on Friday to Wright State, but the Cavaliers blitzed Wright State the rest of the weekend and Dartmouth as well. And uh, at 9-2 and two overall, we uh, kept the Cavaliers at number one. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, we gave a little bit of thought to moving LSU up to number one. Uh, they are 11-0. <laughs> Um, and, you know, a couple of decent wins against Pepperdine this weekend. Pepperdine's not great this year, but they're, they're not bad. They're not terrible. Uh, but those are really their two only quality wins this year. And, and it, they don't have anything in their resume that matches what Virginia did in the first weekend when it went on the road and, and won a series at a, a good East Carolina team. So uh, Virginia, yeah, they had a, a disappointing loss on Friday. But, uh, you know, we didn't think that they deserved to move out of the top spot after a 3 and one week. Agreed. That's how I felt about it. We kept the Texas Longhorns at three. You just saw the Longhorns this weekend um, in Houston, live and in the flesh. Obviously, we'll have more about that. Uh, if you missed it, it's all on the college blog or on the Twitter feed, but obviously we'll have a little bit more about that in three strikes uh, later today. But it sounds like Texas uh, feeling pretty good about uh, Chance Ruffin in the bullpen too, Aaron. I know he blew a game in the New Mexico series, but it seems like he's pitching pretty well since then. Back there in that closer role, he can just rear back and uh, run it up to 94, and uh, he's got the cutter. And, uh, I mean, you know, the, the couple of scouts I talked to said they'd like to see him throw more fastballs and, and less breaking balls, but maybe that's just college baseball right there. Uh, but you know, he's uh, he's a good fit in that role. I mean, their pitching is is just filthy. I mean, it's as good as advertised. Um, it's so deep, and you know, Taylor Youngman is the real deal, John. Uh, if you didn't know that already, uh, he was just outstanding against Rice. Um, this team, you know, there is still some question about their hitting. Uh, I'm not nearly as worried about it. However, uh, I mean, you know, it's not going to be an explosive offense, but we knew it wouldn't be. They're, they're definitely going to score enough runs to win a lot of games, though. Yeah, and Kevin Key seems like he hit the ball this weekend, uh, scalded the ball a few times. Russ Moldenauer is not waiting till Omaha to hit home runs. So they've got enough offense. Uh, I guess the other thing is you know, or you, you have to, if you're Texas and you're a Texas fan, uh, you assume that your team also is going to be able to skill it up yeah. when they need to. and But I, I do think it's interesting that you posted that there were a couple times this weekend where they didn't skill it up. They didn't automatically bunt. It, so, you know, there was one instance in particular that I was just shocked by. I believe it was in the loss to Houston on Saturday. 
Uh, they're down a run in the ninth inning. They've got first and second and nobody out. You've got to bunt there, especially if you're Augie Garrido and, and you, you know you tell people that you bunt Babe Ruth. That's right. But not Kevin Keyes. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, he, you know, he tried to get one down on the first pitch and couldn't. Um, and so Augie just had him swing away. I mean, if the guy can't bunt, put in somebody who can. You, you've got to bunt in that situation. Yeah, that is that, That's very surprising. And like you said, he bunts everybody. So uh, the fact that they didn't execute in that situation, well, they lost the game. So, yep. um, But obviously they, they gave up uh, seven runs in three games against Rice, Houston, and Missouri, three quality opponents. Uh, so uh, what, what was your impression of the unranked teams in that event, Aaron, uh, Houston and Missouri in particular? Well, they had a couple favorites already on that Houston team. And then Missouri, uh, maybe give your impressions a little bit about the Tigers trying to extend their regional streak to eight straight years. I know now. I didn't know before, but now I know. Anyone who read the Twitter feed would know. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> and they also have uh, MP Red, MP Kokinos, one of my favorite right. names in college baseball. So. But, but that said, I mean, you know, again, I, I've chatted with scouts, and uh, they're not sold on Houston yet. They still don't think they're that great. So. Well, they're 5-5. Five and five. I mean, they got swept yeah. at home by Texas State to open the season, and Texas State's good, uh, one of the favorites in the Southland Conference. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that might be a season-saving win yeah. for Houston. The one thing that the Cougars are doing this year that they've consistently done under Rainer Noble, and you have to, I think, give the program a lot of credit for this, they will play anybody at any time, and they will go on the road. So now they're starting a West Coast trip. They'll be at Cal Poly, at San Francisco, at Cal, at Arizona State to tune up for Conference USA, and that is a tough stretch. And then, of course, their second series in Conference USA will be at Rice. So, and and, and they, have, they also have to go to Southern Miss on the road. They also have to go to East Carolina. So their schedule really does them no favors. Yeah. But they are a team that has gotten into the, uh, the tournament before just barely by the skin of their teeth uh, because of the strength of schedule over the years. And that's, that's been a consistent feature of that program. And it looks like uh, this weekend, if they can – right the ship as they did this weekend and play consistently, uh, this weekend is going to go a long way to getting them into the NCAA tournament, I think, uh, when you sweep a weekend like this with a lot of eyes watching. The next two teams in our ranking, Aaron, were both ACC teams, and they're both off to just amazing starts. Georgia Tech with one clunker of a game all year, uh, the Sunday game against Xavier, um, which went to regionals last year. Uh, so not a terrible loss, certainly not a good loss. Um, and then Florida State, which is just uh, the only analogy I can make, I can think of actually, Aaron, is that my 1999 Diamond Mine team <laughs> is leading the 1999 Retro League through 68 games, both in scoring and in runs, uh, fewest runs allowed. And that's what Florida State's playing like. Twelve and a half runs per game for the Seminoles, and they just annihilated Georgia this weekend. They've only had one game all year where they did not score in double digits, and that was a 9-2 to two win on Saturday. And we know Georgia was a little crippled coming in because of their injuries to their infield, but what a performance by the Seminoles. And I'll tell you what, Georgia was, 
might have been tripled in the middle infield, but they still got all kinds of big arms over there. That's right. State just knocked them silly. I mean, Florida State. What can you say? I mean, they're they're just a they're just a juggernaut right now. We, and we knew they were going to be very offensive. They've got so much back. You know, with the three guys who were all Americans last year, uh, Cardulo and Holt and Mike McGee. Uh, you know, Mike McGee hasn't even really gotten going. But uh, other guys have picked up the slack. I mean, Justin Gonzalez was, has been a real surprise for them at second base. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Uh, you know, James Ramsey and Sherman Johnson, those two sophomores, have taken those leaps forward like so many players at Florida State do. I mean, that program, they hit every year. And, and you know, doggone it, John, they're, they're just an incredibly well-coached team. You're talking uh, too fast there, Aaron. Good pitching. I mean, they're, they're just uh, they're, they're really dangerous. You're really talking too fast if we're going to do a Mike Martin impersonation. But, uh, <laughs> You're right. But they have been uh, – I mean, Stuart Tapley's a guy who's been there for years. Um, I believe he's a guy that we've gotten some emails about that we don't respect him enough. Uh, he is not a pro guy. When you're 5'10", 204, it's not a really a pro body. And he's not a really good defender for even for a college player. That's why they've been mostly DHing him this year. But that guy can really hit. Yes, he can. <laughs> he can really hit. And the thing is, that team always hits at Dick Hauser Stadium in their ballpark. They almost always hit. But uh, that guy's pretty good and uh, as a college hitter. And uh, you know, they've gotten uh, – you know, our most highly touted freshman – was Jace Boyd. They can hit him in the nine hole, and he's produced. Uh, I guess the big question for us the last few years, really, Aaron, has been just Florida State. We always know they're going to hit. Um, and I, I would also submit that Tyler Holt hasn't really gotten going this year. Um, and he's had a couple off games. But, I mean, like – 405, though. Uh, I know, I know. But, I mean, like the, other, the big thing with them is do they defend enough and will they pitch enough? Right now they're definitely pitching enough. Uh, do you have any reports yet on, the, on their defense – and what do you think about their rotation beyond their ace, their sophomore ace, Sean Gilmartin, who you know, matches up really with anybody? You know, I do think that the, the one lingering question I have with this team is the defense. I, I still think there's some question marks on the field. Uh, you know, I mean, the left side of the infield. I mean, Car- Cardulo did a good job last year stabilizing that thing, but he's not a great shortstop. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have tons of range or big arm. He's just a, you know, a solid guy. Um, and he's prone to make some errors. Always been pretty good this year. Um, and you know, I mean, they, there there are still some questions in that infield. There's no question about that. But um, yeah, I like him on the mound. I mean, you know, besides Gil Martin, you've got John Gast, who's taken that that jump forward this year. He's fully healthy and he's throwing hard and has got a little changeup going now. He's just a lot better than he was his first two years. Um, and the key, I think, is. is is Jeff Parker. I mean, he's uh, he's the guy that Mike Martin wants to be the Sunday guy. Hasn't pitched very well so far. He's got a 608 ERA. Uh, you know, and then this is the staff that has a two and a half ERA as a team. So I mean, he's one of the few guys who struggled. But uh, they need him to get going. You know, that's that's the other question mark, I guess, with Florida State. And neither of those things, I think, are, are, are big question marks uh, because they're a pretty good balanced team all the way around. Who's their moment of truth reliever? Who's their ace guy in the bullpen who's gonna, or, or who do you think their guy will be? Will it be Brian Bush when the push comes to shove this year? I think it could be. Yeah, I mean they like his his uh, his poise a lot, and he's just one of those guys who pounds a strike zone, and that's such a huge part of college baseball. Is if you throw strikes, um, you know you're gonna have a chance, and and uh, he's been missing some bats this year too. So I think he's probably the guy. Well, I think they, uh, I, like you said, I'm, I'm not trying to harsh on Stuart Tapley because the guy can really hit. I think they're, they're, it's addition by subtraction as far as not having him at third base. I think their defense will be better without having to hide Stuart Tapley somewhere. I, I love Stephen Cardulo as a really solid college player. I mean, the guy just rakes. And I do, like you said, I mean, he's he's not a pro guy, but he's a really solid college shortstop. 
Yeah. Uh, you could do a lot worse than him. And uh, that Florida State team, they have not done anything wrong all year. They pounded Florida midweek. So uh, kudos to Mike Martin and and that uh, that coaching staff in that clubhouse. Another ACC team, Aaron, that did very well this weekend against an SEC team was Clemson. And the Florida State-Georgia rivalry is not a huge rivalry, but uh, you know Clemson-South Carolina is. That's a big-time rivalry. And Clemson gets bragging rights this weekend, and we know that you're high on the Tigers. And they did it this weekend even without Casey Harmon, their Friday guy, really giving them a great start. Uh, what's been the key for Clemson uh, this weekend and so far this year where they were just really pounded South Carolina in the in the rubber game of that series? You know, they, they, were, they were deep and they were talented last year, uh, but they were pretty young. I mean, they had a lot of sophomores and freshmen that they were relying on, and those guys have, have matured now, you know, and I think uh, – that's that's the biggest difference. I mean, this team, you know, you know, I thought they had Omaha talent last year. Right. You've got the same talent. It's just more experienced. I mean, that's the biggest difference. They're they're just so deep, and you know, when, when some of their big guys are, are struggling, uh, they've got lots of other other pieces that can step up for them. Um, you know, they've got a lot of power arms on that staff. Uh, you know, I mean, even when Harmon struggled, I believe it was David Hafelden who came in and threw four. Uh, hitless innings of relief. If I right. So, yep. I mean, that's that's a good arm in the, in the bullpen. They've got a lot of those guys, just a lot of different parts they can move around. So uh, it's the depth that stands out with them. And uh, I just think they're a, a solid club without any real holes. Yeah, they're really not giving up any runs this year. They're not giving up any hits. Uh, I think they're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a team that's a lot more athletic than they are up the middle, especially they're quite yeah. athletic. You know, scouts love Brad Miller. I know he uh, – my look, he's off to – Bad start defensively this year, but scouts, right? yeah, the scouts love that guy. And to me, the X factor for them is Kyle Parker, and uh, Kyle Parker is an X factor when it comes to the draft. He's their starting quarterback in football, but he's taken the spring off. Guy hit twenty home runs as a freshman, Aaron. When he skipped his senior year in high school, his second semester of his senior year, he graduated early to come in and play football, and still hit twenty home runs as a freshman. You know, he swung and missed a lot last year. It was not that productive. Of a player, he still hit 12 home runs. That guy's off to a big start. If Kyle Parker has a big year, A, he could jump into the first couple rounds of the draft, and B, he's a difference maker because there's just not that many guys in the ACC who've got his kind of power. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. He's, 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 what, he's a centerpiece of that offense, and, you know, you put a, a, a professional hitter like Jeff Schultz around him. And, exactly. Uh, I mean, Chris Epps is starting to come on a little bit, it looks like. And, I mean, they've got a lot of power in this lineup. You know, Richie Schaefer and Wilson Boyd. And, you know, those guys can, can hit out of the park. And uh, you know, John Nestor hasn't even gotten going. He's gone off to a terrible start. But that guy's got uh, some real power as well. So, uh, And then Will Lamb, somebody else who's, who's been kind of, you know, more concentrating on pitching than hitting. But, I mean, just, you know, they've got a lot of guys who can hurt you. Please tell me, though, about their freshman backup catcher's name is pronounced Kaboom. I think it is. Spencer Keboom, actually. They have the emphasis on the uh, first syllable. I think the emphasis, the emphasis on the wrong syllable there. He should be Spencer Keboom. But that's a great name. That's going in the in the uh, in the manual uh, name file. Nice. The Baseball America podcast. We're getting a little loopy on a Monday um, with John and Aaron. And we've talked about the teams that have done well so far. Uh, we've focused a little bit more on the positive. A couple uh, conference that's going the wrong direction so far right now is the Big West. And we kind of chuckled last week when we saw Cal State Fullerton drop out of another poll. But now Cal State Fullerton's out of our rankings, Aaron, and the Titans – are four and six really struggling? UC Irvine drops down to number sixteen as the Anteaters. Uh, they do win a weekend series, but they go two and two on the week, and they're six and five on the year. 
Well, let's focus on the Big West favorites a little bit right now. I mean, even Long Beach State lost a series at home this weekend to Washington. Uh, first off, what's the deal with the Titans? I think, first of all, uh, you know, they haven't gotten the kind of, of pitching that they thought they would get. I mean, especially from Daniel Rankin. That's just been, he's, he's been, he's just been bad. He, he hasn't been confident. Uh, his stuff hasn't been great. And, and this week he left his start in the second inning with, with some back stiffness. So uh, that's the guy who's supposed to be their ace. Um, you know, and, and without you know, without getting a, a big performance out of him, uh, that hurts them. However, I mean, look, LSU's without its ace, and, and granted, it's not playing the kind of competition that Fullerton's playing, but they're 11 and 0. Uh, the Titans offensively aren't aren't good enough yet to to carry a struggling pitching staff. And uh, you know, people I talk to in the West Coast say they're just not very physical. Uh, they're not nearly as, as deep and dangerous and explosive as they were last year. And that's even with two All-Americans up the middle, and then Gary Brown and, Brown and Christian Cologne. So I think the supporting cast has taken a little step backwards and hasn't really gotten its, its feet uh, under it yet. And um, I, that said, I still think they're going to they're going to be there at the end. I mean, I, you know, they'll get that thing going. They've just got too much talent not to. But um, right now, it doesn't look like they're a very good club. It's really amazing to see a guy like Brown having the kind of year he's having, where he's slugging eight twenty six, he's getting on base. Uh, he, you know, he's got seven steals and seven tries. Um, but that team has scored, you know, four and a half runs a game. Cologne is off to a slow start. Tyler Pill hasn't hit for them yet. Uh, you know, the guys that you expected to hit for them, Nick Ramirez. And right now they're really missing Jared Clark's just physicality and presence uh, in their lineup. But I think the bigger deal is that they're just, you know, they're just not playing tight in baseball. I hate to use the cliche, but I mean – they're not manufacturing runs. They're not skilling it up. They're not getting runs home. And then the thing that Fullerton hasn't done as well in recent years as Irvine, you know, Irvine has been a little more productive offensively, I think, a little bit more, seems like a more consistent offensive team. Um, and Fullerton's struggling with that a little bit again this year. Uh, how about the Anteaters? Is that really more just the, uh, you know, just a function of the, the strength of schedule they've, they've faced? I mean, they seem like they're playing fairly well. They're just – Playing some good teams, and they had, you know they did travel cross country. Uh, what's your take on the on the on Zod 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 so far? Yeah, that, that's a team I'm not really worried about at all. And, and you know, again, the people I talked to in the West Coast feel the same way. I, I think that uh, you know you lose. We talked about it last weekend. You know, you lose two games to a really good coastal team at their place, and um, it's, it's you're going to have a bad weekend every two years or so. I mean, that's just <laughs> but uh, and, and this week, I mean. They lost that game to Pepperdine in midweek, um, which is you know one reason we dropped them because it's a two and two week instead of a two and one week. Uh, and you know they just don't have a lot of pitching depth on this team. I mean that's not how they're built. Uh, without you know especially without uh, a Crosby slot, you know they've got to use Bettis, uh, Eric Pettis in kind of a two way role. Um, you know and and they had to use Kyle Necky, one of their their primary bullpen guys, as a starter against Pepperdine, and he pitched pretty well, but. Um, they didn't have the guys after him, really. So I, I think that's the, the Achilles heel for this team is they don't have a lot of arms. Uh, they do have some guys who've stepped up a little bit. I mean, I like Matt Summers and Nick Hoover in the bullpen. Uh, they've been okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the lineup hasn't hasn't really hit its stride yet either. I think they're, um, you know, they did score a bunch of runs in those first two games against St. Mary's, but they've been kind of inconsistent. I mean, they, they were shut out against Pepperdine, and they scored two runs uh, in the finale against St. Mary's. So uh, they haven't really, you know, been that that – 
Yeah, they, I, I agree. I think that's a, I think that's a dead-on assessment of that team. They're, they're still good offensively, but they haven't quite hit their stride. And that pitching depth issue we've talked about, uh, it's just not a huge, deep staff. It's kind of the anti-Clemson. You know, they've got, they've got an ace in Babona, and they've got a, another stud in Pettis. Christian Bergman's very good, too, although he hasn't been great this year, if I recall. Yeah, no, he hasn't been great. So, uh, to me, that's kind of the issue with them. They don't have, uh, they don't have the, the depth, but we knew that coming in. So, their top guys have got to pitch well. Aaron, you mentioned Coastal Carolina. They've beaten Irvine twice. We've got an email at the podcast at baseballamerica.com email inbox. And uh, the question from Ben Bosian, who's actually a Peace Corps volunteer in Senegal, and uh, he really enjoys the college podcast. Was hoping we talk about Coastal Carolina. They moved into the top eight last week after their sweep of Irvine, which you know they, they beat him twice. What are their strengths and weaknesses? And can you give me a few names to look for as for possible major leaguers? Aaron Fit. Well, I mean, their, their strengths first of all is they're, they're so athletic and fast. Uh, they already have twenty four steals and twenty eight attempts, and um, you know they've got some of the fastest guys in the country. Rico Noel, I believe. Uh, was a D1 stolen base leader last year, and he's already got 12 this year. And you know Scott Woodward can run, and uh, you know, Chance Gilmore can run. I mean, they, they can beat you with their speed more than most teams can. That's you know there there aren't a lot of teams, John, that are really built that way in college baseball. I'm, I'm actually a little surprised by it. It seems like it would be a, an effective technique um, in, in a game where where offense is kind of at a premium. But uh, you know, give give Gary Gilmore and those guys credit for for building their team that way. Uh, and they've also gotten, you know, I mean, Jose Iglesias is just a really good senior guy in the middle of the lineup, and um, Adam Rice hasn't really gotten going, but uh, and, and same with Daniel Bullman. I mean, those guys are going to be dangerous. It, it's, it's a very good, balanced lineup. Uh, I don't think it has any real holes. And then uh, you look at the pitching staff, and this is maybe the best pitching staff they've ever had at Coastal. I mean, Cody Wheeler is the best pro prospect on this team, the, the junior left-hander. Uh, you know, either him or Anthony Mayo, the sophomore righty, both those guys are really good. Uh, Mayo is more of a power guy up to 94, and Wheeler has been up to 92. He's got a good breaking ball. I think he probably profiles as a middle reliever, but um, but he's got firm stuff. I mean, I think he'll go pretty well, probably the top two or three rounds. Um, and then, you know, Jim Birmingham is the other guy that stands out to me on this staff because he's uh, he's pitched very well for them. I mean, he's, you know, in two outings. We talked about this last week, on the, I think, on the, on the podcast. He, uh, yeah, he's been pretty good. Games, so uh, that's just that extra piece for them. He's been quite good, and that's a that really gives them a rotation depth that maybe we didn't even expect them to have. So he's kind of answered a question early on. So uh, very impressive start for Coastal Carolina, and that's why you were all over them uh, to start the year. You, we ranked them 12th in the preseason. You were very high on that club, and so far so good. Aaron, let's wrap up the podcast by talking about the teams that we brought in. We dropped the Titans. We dropped Georgia. Vanderbilt and Oklahoma come in. Uh, what's been the most impressive thing about those two clubs? I guess uh, on the field, uh, you really say Vanderbilt. Uh, they only have the one loss, I guess, to, uh, to UCLA um, and to Garrett Cole. No shame in losing to Garrett Cole. Oklahoma starting the year with a sweep of San Diego State, which has been quite good since then. What uh, what stands out about the, the Commodores and the Sooners so far? Well, you know, with Vanderbilt, it's first of all, they're pitching. I mean, they've, they've got really good arms. We knew that about them. Um, and even without... Jack Armstrong pitching great so far. I mean, he's got about a five ERA and only thirteen innings here. Uh, they still have a two twenty one ERA as a staff. I mean, they're it's it's, it's a good pitching staff. It's deep. Um, it's got a, a bona fide you know blue chip guy on Fridays with Sonny Gray and uh, who bounced back nicely this week after his getting roughed up a little bit by UCLA. Um, 
you know, that's that's the strength of this team. But but they're they're hitting pretty well too. They're hitting about three fifty. Um, you know, Kirk Casale has has taken that step forward. He's healthy now from the, from the injury he had last year. Although he's still not one hundred percent because I don't think he's catching for them. Um, that's surprising. Tito is, is a good bat. I mean, another uh, Northeast kid. Uh, those hard-nosed Northeast kids uh, that they get, you know, Mike Kostremski is another one. He hasn't hit very well, but uh, Reagan Flaherty is another one. I mean, I think those guys uh, give give Vanderbilt a little bit of a, a hard-nosed mentality. I think that helps when you're playing in, in, the, in the cold of, the, of New England, John, as I can attest. Are you, I was about to say, are you a hard-nosed New England kid? Is that your excuse? I think I'm hard-nosed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what we'll say. We'll, we'll track it. We'll chalk it up to that. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, like Andrew Giobi is another guy who uh, I just think it's nice to have veterans like him and Westlake and guys around. Uh, you know, Westlake's playing left field this year. Jobby's still catching some. Um, they are versatile. They don't have to. They don't have to. They've already had enough experience. So they don't have to be at full strength. Same thing in their bullpen. They've got depth. Guys like Hayes, good now. Reed. Uh, they have more than one way to beat you at Vanderbilt. And I think that actually suits them better than some of the times in the past where you really, you know, they, they were very star-oriented, yeah. obviously. And then you're going to be star-oriented when you have David Price and Pedro Alvarez, and you shouldn't apologize for being star-oriented, <laughs> excuse me, when those are your guys. But, but they had some – but, I mean, those, those teams also had some depth. I mean, that 07 year when they were number one, I mean, they were – they were loaded. They had a great supporting cast to go with those stars. They took guys just often get overlooked, I think. Yeah, Ryan Flaherty's an easy guy to forget about, or uh, Dominic De La Usa. De La Usa, Feinberg at second base was a real fine college player. I mean, they just had a lot of guys that uh, you know kind of got lost in the shuffle. But I mean, you know, I, I think this team is, is obviously it's not it's not the 07 team, but um, but they're they're going to be pretty dangerous. I think uh, in the second half, especially as those sophomore arms really you know come into their own. Well, the 07 uh, team was definitely on uh, on my mind this weekend. When you see Allen Oaks out there pitching for Michigan, um, you think about Vanderbilt. So, uh, how'd Allen look anyway? He was all right. He was pretty funky, actually. A uh, little, little. Uh, his delivery actually reminded me a little bit of Ryan Dempster. It wasn't as pronounced how Ryan Dempster kind of does that thing with his glove before he comes to the plate. Yeah. But Allen Oaks has a little uh, glove side deception yeah. uh, movement, and then. He threw a lot of breaking balls, but he was fairly effective. He threw a lot of strikes uh, when he had to. He walked six on Friday, but when he needed to make a pitch, <coughs> excuse me, he made a pitch. And let's face it, North Carolina is not a big-time offensive club. Um, but Matt Harvey was very good on Friday for North Carolina, and uh, that's what they needed out of uh, – they got what they needed out of Matt Harvey. So a lot of draft uh, talk on the emails with Baseball America this week and our draft trackers coming up. Uh, so Connor Glass, he's all over that, obviously, with all of us contributing. So – uh, we'll have some of that talk uh, in three strikes as well on uh, on Matt Harvey. So yeah. a lot of college baseball. We're getting into we're getting close here. Next week's really the last non-conference week of the season for a lot of teams before we really get into the last ten weeks of the season. But uh, through three weeks, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on. Some uh, it's fascinating to be three weeks into the season and not have Cal State folded in the top ten. I don't think that was expected at all. That's that's shocking. It is shocking. I think that's the biggest news in college baseball this year. And I think the other big news so far, actually, obviously, has been New Mexico, yeah. which we didn't rank yet. They went three and two this week, but New Mexico, you know, Southern Cal ain't what they used to be. They've lost; they haven't gone to regional seven times in the last eight years. Usually, New Mexico going on the road to win series at Texas and at Southern California would be bigger news. And them winning at uh, Texas is still big news, but winning at Southern Cal two out of three, frankly, uh, is not. Uh, 
uh, that's a 50-50 series, uh, the way things have gone the last couple of years. And uh, just surprising to see the, t- the, the Trojans still down. And I, but I, actually not this year. I think last year was the year we thought they would make regionals and they, with guys like Boxberger and Green and, uh, and Robert Stock. And the fact they didn't make it, I think they missed their, their winner of opportunity. So we'll see. Those guys tro- never went to a regional, right? Those three they guys? They never went to regionals, no. That's crazy. That is uh, terrible, frankly, that they never went with those three guys. But uh, when you got those three guys, all you need to do is, is fill in with solid guys around them. I mean, you don't need to have a bunch of superstars in addition to those guys. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's not good. No, and they had other good players, Tommy Malone. Uh, the thing is, Robert Stock never really performed his last two years in college. True. Um, you know, they just didn't quite put things together. And you know, last year, again, those guys were upperclassmen. The Pac-10 was down. That was their opportunity. Meanwhile, you have UCLA. Uh, we will talk about next week more on the podcast. I think we should focus on the Bruins next week because yeah. they are off to a the, their best start. Uh, I saw the note. I don't remember exactly. With their, it might be their best start since they uh, they have records going back as far as first ten games. Nineteen fifty five. Nineteen fifty five is what it is. Started, wow. So they uh, best start on record. But yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about them in, in three strikes. Um, but I mean, just one one last thought, Sean. Is, is you mentioned New Mexico, and, and I think right now they're team twenty six. I mean, we we debated them versus Oklahoma. Um, you know, a three and two week just didn't seem like quite the right time to bring in New Mexico. Um, it's you very know, hard. You have to... Those two losses that aren't great to, to New Mexico State and to Northern Colorado. Uh, Oklahoma's been more more consistent this year. Um, I mean, they haven't played a great schedule, but they played a pretty good schedule. And, and sweeping San Diego State looks awfully good right now. Uh, just because, you know, the Aztecs swept San Diego and got a good win against Kentucky. So that makes Oklahoma look better. And, and they, you know, beat, beat a, a really struggling South Florida team twice, but a team that we thought was going to be pretty good, a team that does have some talent. So, uh, you know, Oklahoma is, is, has played pretty well in all facets. I mean, especially, you know, those, those two sophomores, the sons of big leaguers, uh, Garrett Bichelle and Cameron Seitzer, those guys really carry that offense so far. Um, and, and a lot of their junior college transfers have done a good job on the mound. You know, Bobby Shore, and, um, you know, it, it especially he jumps out. So uh, I think Oklahoma is a pretty good club, and, and, and Texas A&M for me is in the mix as well. I mean, the, the Big 12 has a couple of teams that are right there at, at the in the mix at the back of the top 25, Kansas too. Yeah, and that's another, those are teams. That's a conference that we only, we only have one team in the top 25 to start the year. That's right. But that, uh, that, that league has uh, acquitted itself well in the early going. So I guess Big 12 up, Pac-10 up, ACC up, Big West down right now because your thumbnail sketch at the end of the uh, podcast. Yeah. And I did not mention it at the beginning of the podcast, and that's my mistake, but the podcast is brought to you by DeMarini Demo House. And when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game. Introducing Demo House where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right. Visit your nearest demo house today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash demo house. We'll have more on the college weekend on three strikes at baseballamerica.com. And you can always email the podcast at podcast at baseballamerica.com. So for Aaron Fit, thanks for joining us from Texas. Aaron, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you next week on the Baseball America College Podcast. Until then, so long, everybody.